You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Hoff and Pepper Hot Sauce. Handcrafted with farm-fresh jalapenos and habaneros, Hoff's original Hoff Sauce has gone on to win numerous awards and gained international recognition. Hoff and Pepper always strives to create sauces and seasonings that enhance flavors with balanced heat profiles. Every one of their handmade products is manufactured in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and is naturally vegan and gluten-free. Shop today at hoffandpepper.com, and when you enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, you'll save 10% off your purchase. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of No Credentials Required. It is part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan McCarthy. This is a very special episode of No Credentials Required, as Corey and I got to sit down, have a Skype chat with Matt Murray who is a goaltender with the University of Massachusetts Minutemen. He talks about what's going on with the season, uh, how his team and he and his team are transitioning with the uh, COVID crisis, how they're dealing with that, having rescheduled games and whatnot, or just go through the motions. And uh, we just have a little bit of fun at the end uh, with the NHL uniform, uh, retro reverse uniforms. So stay tuned. we got a fun episode for you. And again, you're listening to No Credentials Required. Welcome to No Credentials Required. I'm Corey Mansfield, joined by Ryan McCarthy, and we have a special guest from the University of Massachusetts, goaltender Matt Murray. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me out. So how, how's everything been um, with you personally during this time? I mean, is uh, I know you have to travel back and forth from Alberta. How's everything been going with that? 
Um, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, over the summer, when when I was back home, things were fairly relaxed. Our case numbers and anything was, weren't too alarming. And then coming here was a little bit interesting process. It was interesting to see how quiet the airports were. Um, and then being here again, just everything's so quiet with no uh, no students here on campus, and everything's very limited. Um, so it's definitely been a change. You know, for those of you who don't know, Matt Murray is probably one of the better goaltenders in Hockey East and maybe in the country. Um, and last year, you guys were on a really good run. Um, you guys were getting ready to start your your run through the Hockey East playoffs. You guys were getting ready to play Northeastern in the quarterfinals. Um, and that was in March. And then all of a sudden, everything just gets shut down. I mean, mentally, how does not mentally, personally, and as from a team aspect, how did you guys handle that? I mean, you guys were number nine in the country, and you guys were getting ready to not only make a run in hockey east, but maybe for a national championship. Yeah, I think everyone took it pretty hard. Um, I know we we, had, we were just stringing a, uh, a few really good games together in a row, and everything came crashing down literally the day before we were supposed to play Northeastern. Um, in the span of eight or nine hours, it went from we're going to play to we're going to play without fans to we're not going to play at all. Um, personally, I was I was pretty bummed with it. I thought that uh, I thought that we had a really good shot going in the in the uh, playoff rounds, and I, I felt really good about my game personally as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely something that caught a lot of guys by surprise, and. Um, Unfortunately, that's something that we're not going to be able to get back. Yeah, I mean, looking at your, you had an unbelievable year last year. I mean, you had uh, 16 wins. You had a 1.86 goals against average, which is just absurd in college hockey. A 92% save percentage. Um, so you were having an un- unbelievable year. I mean, you were a real hot goalie going into into the Hockey East playoffs. So that. That that must have been really tough, knowing how good your game was at that point, and then to have it stop. And then on top of that, the year before, I mean, you guys had some unfinished business. I mean, you made it to the Frozen Four the year before, um, and you guys were on, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys wanted some redemption there. Um, and it just, it's tough how it just got shut down. Um, and, you know, looking to this season, you guys are supposed to start your season off, I believe, going to Maine. And then suddenly that's canceled and you guys end up playing UConn. How, how did that whole thing go down? Yeah, that, that's kind of all stuff that was, that was behind the scenes. Um, I wasn't really aware of the, about Maine, not about the main trip not happening until basically everybody else heard it and, and, and Coach Carvel addressed the team and told us that don't worry about it. We're going to play UConn instead. Um, I think that our coaching staff has, has done a great job through this where basically we've all, all the players and all the staff members have made their sacrifices and really bought into our COVID protocols here at school and making sure that we have the safety and ability to play. And so, and so then all the coaches are doing, are doing their role in finding, in finding games to play. Uh, I think Carve told us once, he's like, doesn't matter who we're going to play, but we're going to play. And I think, I think that's kind of how it's been this week, how it's been throughout this year so far is whatever, whatever team wants to play us on, on the weekend, then we'll be ready to play. And if it's, if it's a scheduled team or if it's a change, it's, it's, that's just, we'll be ready. 
And what are the, some of the precautions that they're taking? I mean, what are, what are the new procedures that you guys have to do? I mean, is it Hockey East is telling you to do stuff, or is it UMass telling you to do? And what are those things they're telling you guys you have to do? Uh, it's a mixture of both. Uh, some of the things is obviously wear, wearing a mask wherever you're going inside the rink uh, and uh, on the ice as well for practices. We have to wear masks in the training room. We have to wear masks in the gym. Wear masks basically. I've I've never worn a mask this much in my life, and hopefully once everything passes, I'll never have to again. Um, and then and then also just with a lot of testing. I think they have us testing now uh, three times a week. Before um, before the season started, it was just twice a week uh, when, when we all got back here in August. And then once the season started going, we, we ramped up to three times a week. Um, but all those things are pretty minuscule, and, 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 and there hasn't been any huge changes. At the beginning, before the season started, we had, and everyone's coming back, we had, like, separate pods. We had to divide the team up into uh, four different groups and, and we were pretty spaced out and there was guys that when we were at the rink, like I, I hadn't seen them on the ice or anything and for a span of a month, just because our times were always different and we're always in different rooms getting dressed. And it was, it was a very different atmosphere just to, um, to start off compared to how the past uh, few years of college hockey had been. But like I said before, I think that it's been, it's been worth, it's been worth it all for now for um, still being able to play. So, I mean, obviously you guys have – every college hockey player has aspirations to play professional hockey. And right now, a lot of teams – we've seen it with the ECHL. They're in the whole North Division basically not playing this year, especially for, for goaltenders. I mean, teams carry two, maybe three goaltenders. When you – when there's players that are going to want to go pro after this, there's not going to be a lot of slots – so are players going to go overseas? I mean, what are players going to do? You know, I mean, especially like in your situation, you're a senior and there's a lot of other seniors. What, what are they going to, how are they going to, if they want to play professional hockey, what are they going to have to do? Yeah, that's, that's been a big question that I've been uh, talking to a lot with guys that are currently um, pro hockey players are going into their first year pro. And I know, uh, I know a couple guys who um, were able to get loaned out by their respective teams and go play overseas for the time being, and I know a couple guys that are just sitting around, just waiting to hear on, on what's going on. Um, hopefully next year there's a little bit more um, insight and stability um, for for that. I think it obviously would would help me a little bit more. But at the end of the day, whether it be in North America, Europe, or anywhere, for me, it's wherever the best opportunity is is where I'll be willing to go. Yeah, and I noticed last season uh, or last year you got a chance to go to the Penguins development camp. Um, and how, how, what was that experience like for you? I mean, obviously you get to see uh, other prospects there. You get to you get to talk with you know uh, you know professional people. Uh, what was that experience like? Um, I think as a kid growing up, all you want to do is play professional hockey, and then. Mind you, it wasn't a game jersey or any means, but when you pull when you put on an NHL team's practice jersey and you're in their facilities and their room and everything, you kind of it kind of hits you a, bit, a little bit, and it's kind of like a little bit of a dream come true. Um, and then it also works as a little bit extra motivator, like you're you're, you're this close now, you got to work twice as hard to to actually get there. Um, I thought I thought the experience was amazing. Um, the the Penguins organization was was so professional, and they ha- and they they made the camp. Um, just, it was a great experience from on and off ice. It was, it was fun. 
it was it was enjoyable. It was a great learning experience to see how professional teams are ran and and what and what the staff like are there and the coaching and what they look for and 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 just how 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 professional teams operate. I thought it was I couldn't have asked for a better first experience at a development camp. The the other question I wanted to ask you about was obviously you and and, and Philip Lindbergh are one of the best tandems in college hockey um, as far as uh, goaltenders. How how do you guys you know split time? How how is that determined? I mean, the, it seems like the coaching staff has done a really good job of that um, with equal playing time. And I mean, you guys are both great goalies. Uh, and I mean, how how does is it competition between you two? What have you learned from each other? I mean, how do you guys keep each other? You know, uh, uh, do you help each other? I mean, how how does that whole dynamic work? I think it's been a really healthy dynamic, which I've been really fortunate of. I think that there's been some horror stories that, that I've come across where, where two goalies are, that are, that are competing for one spot and it gets quite sour in the room and personally. Um, Philly and I honestly haven't really had any, anything like that at all. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, and on the ice, we, it's just, it's good, healthy competition. Yeah. For seeing who plays and, and whatnot, it's been pretty back and forth. Um, co- um, Coach DeMonco and Coach Carvel are pretty much the uh, two guys with, with, with the insight on that and on who's going to play when. It's more just uh, give it give it your best uh, throughout practice and and, uh, and you know hopefully be it'll, it'll be enough to to get in for the weekend. And then obviously when when both of us are playing well, it's, it's hard to justify playing one over the other. And that's I feel like that's kind of what what the case has been for the past uh, for the past year year and a half now. Um, and uh yeah. So I got a couple little little side questions for you. First of all, where is the toughest place to play in Hockey East? I'm a Vermont guy. I went to I think the gut is pretty pretty hard. Where would you say the hardest place to play in Hockey East is? Hardest place to play I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I know a lot of people will say Providence just with the nature of their team, but personally, I've always felt I've done really well in Providence. I've, I like the dimensions of their rink a little bit tighter, a little bit more room behind the net. Um, I feel like it just, it's a, I've always done well there. So I, I like playing in Providence. I'd say BC, obviously, just cause it's BC. They, and they have that, they have that ability to, uh, just, Almost score at will. Um, they have they have such high talent, high caliber guys there. Um, so that that's always probably one of the hardest places to go into when when you know what you're going up against. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, we've I've gone to many college hockey venues, and there's some crazy places to play at. Um, but it's it's always college hockey is one of those sports that it, it's just fun to watch. It's one of those sports you have to be there for. Yeah, I think, I think to, to add on to that really quickly, now it just came into my head, like for actual places, um, in Maine, there, uh, is basically hangs over on the, on, onto the backside of the, uh, of, of the visiting goalie. And, um, fortunately, I've only had to play there a couple times when they've had actual fans there. We got them over Christmas break. I think it was my freshman year or my, or one year. Um, so there's nobody there, but when I went and there was, there's fans there. It was, uh, it was a little bit of an intimidating factor of having, having people draped over top of you. Do you hear them or can you block that out? Are you in the, the zone and you could just block it out? 
as the game's going on, I'm obviously pretty focused on, in the game, and I don't really don't really hear that kind of like how how this year's been. Like during the games, I don't even notice that there aren't any fans. Obviously, after you score or anything, it's quiet. Coming on the ice, it's a little more quiet, but. Yeah, I think once once it's in between whistles or or something like that is when you'll hear something every now and then. But it's part of the game. It's fun. Uh, the other question I wanted to ask you was, who were some of your influences growing up? Obviously, you grew up in Alberta, uh, Canada. Who were some of your your teams you, you followed? Who were some of the players you maybe model your style around? Um. Well, growing up, I never, I thought, like, obviously when I was younger, I was an Oilers fan, as I was the closest team close uh, to me. But as I got more and more into hockey, I didn't really have a favorite team. Um, I, I just, I just loved hockey. I just loved watching the NHL, watching everyone play. I remember when I was really young, when Dwayne Rolson was in Edmonton, that was, that was a guy I really liked to watch. Um, the later half of Marty Turco's career when he was in Dallas too. Um, that was, that was great to watch. Um, obviously then there's the, the staples like Perry Price and, um, and guys like that. And nowadays I'd, I'd say it's a lot, it's a lot similar to like Carey Price, Vasilevsky and those, and those kind of guys are where I try and take pieces of their game or try and model it or see any comparisons between them and myself. And, you know, you, you got a chance to play with a, a pretty pretty good pro hockey player right now, Kel Mocker. I mean, how was that experience? What did you learn from him? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Kale's a great guy. Um, I was I knew him actually growing up a little bit because um, we we're, we're both Alberta boys. Played with and against him a few times, and uh, yeah, he's just. With the, I think the biggest thing that I took away from him was just the maturity factor and just how, how serious he was about everything. And when it, and when it came down to hockey, like you'll see a lot of guys like the, like, yeah, it's just a game, but to him it was more than a game. It was, uh, he had a very business-like approach to it. He's very goal orientated. And I think that that's a big contributor to, to his, his success because he was so driven and so focused on it. And obviously it's paid off. Yeah, it was great. I got a chance to see you guys play a couple of years ago, and then to see him make that jump to the NHL was really awesome. I got two questions real quick for you. Did you get – me and Ryan talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Did you get a chance to see the retro reverse jerseys in the NHL? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, Ryan's smiling over there. I can see him. What was your What was your favorite one? Favorite and least favorite. Dallas Stars jerseys are really clean and sharp. I think those turned out really well. I love that the whole like stars thing across their jersey, kind of like how it used to be. And and who's your who's your least favorite? Um, it's okay to say the Islanders. Yeah, well, the Islanders (laughs) didn't do much for it. I was hoping that they would get that. that logo that they had on their uh, shoulders on some of their older jerseys out there. The fishermen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about the fishermen. Fishermen! What I was was really hoping for was that the Oilers would go back to, like, the blue and white with the the oil drop going, like, across diagonally. I I thought those jerseys were great, and I was hoping to see those again. But worst jerseys, yeah, other than than the Islanders, it's – I don't think they're bad, but it's so different seeing the uh, Canadians in all blue. Uh, I all love that, the Canadians. All that, all that blue, it's uh, it's very different. It's uh, unique. 
See, that was my second least favorite uh, uh, next to the Islanders because I thought they could have gone with some of that, uh, some of the motif they had for their 100th anniversary jerseys from a couple of years ago. Well, yeah, the Heritage Classic jersey. The Heritage Heritage yeah. jerseys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Matt, I got one last question. It is the holidays, so I'm going to ask you: What's number one Christmas movie? That was the only curveball I threw. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're allowed I mean, to say Die Hard. You're allowed to say Die Hard. If, if, uh, no, no, you can't. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll probably have to. I probably have to say Die Hard. Obviously, Elf's the go-to, um, but I feel like it can get a little bit overplayed. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Die Hard's a nice one that doesn't get the attention it deserves. Uh, yeah, I will not be watching Die Hard this holiday season, but <laughs> I will. <laughs> hey, Matt, thank you for taking the time with us. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season. Um, stay safe out there and, and have happy holidays, okay? Thank you. You as well. Again, we want to thank Matt Murray from the UMass Minutemen hockey team for taking some time to talk with us in this episode. I'd also like to thank Jillian Jacuba, who is the sports director for the hockey program at UMass, for making this interview possible. This will end our podcast for this week, but we have plenty more in the family of podcasts and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Maybe a shout out to our newest podcast, the Fadeaway Podcast, hosted by Zaid and Fady. They're a Toronto-based NBA podcast. They talk about NBA games, um, ranging from game results to which bench has the best celebrations in the league. So fun podcast. You want to take a listen to that, if you're an, especially if you're an NBA fan. In addition to our podcast, we're also expanding our network of contributors to the Pit-Up Sports team. That includes writers and editors. We're also going to be expanding our coverage to cover individual teams. So if you're looking for expanded NBA coverage, expanded NFL coverage, NHL, Major League Baseball. And if you want to be part of our growth, visit bellyupsports.com, click on the link called Join the Crew. You can find us on social media on Twitter at bellyupncr and on facebook.com. Search for bellyupsportsncr. Those are our social media handles. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. And until next time, we'll see you in the media booth. Intro and outro music is On The Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.